Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. The Nightside Project. I may be super. <laughs> I am no hero. Nightside on KSL. A limited edition summer season. You realize, though, Alex, this is just temporary. Yeah, I still took your parking space and I'm not giving it back. The Nightside Project with Ethan Millard and Alex Carey. Streaming live on Alexa and on KSL News Radio at 102.7 FM. Welcome back. This is the Nightside Project. I'm Ethan Millard. He's Alex Curie. Got a text here. I need the Nightside in my life. Please oh. don't leave. Uh, I actually got uh, a, a few people have asked us this, and we are going to continue with the podcast. So, you know, we were a podcast for a long time, and then we came on the air to battle COVID, which we did. <laughs> and, which we did. Uh, which we did with such grace. And uh, now we're we're uh, we're going back to podcasts, which is our our more natural habitat. Is it? And so. You can find the Nightside Project podcast on iTunes, mm-hmm. on KSL News Radio app, basically right. anywhere you can find great podcasts. Uh, Dr. Matt Woolley, a uh, clinical psychologist, joining the program as he usually does. He is, of course, uh, also one of the hosts of the Project Recovery podcast with Casey Scott as well. And uh, because it is the last, uh, because it is the last week of of the Nightside Project, Dr. Matt, we wanted to make sure that we. <laughs> We just wanted to send the proper, you know, the proper send off to uh, to you, and, a, and a big giant thank you to having you on the program uh, oh. every uh, every week here. So thanks for hanging out with us. Oh, I feel like I should thank you guys. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, and well, I know we're you, used to. I know we're used to hearing this song more at a church dance, but I think this it's is been uh, a while since I've been to a church. Dance. <laughs> well, you know, Matt, it's uh, you brought uh, just so much to this show, especially at a time where people really needed to talk things out, and uh, and you've been awesome. So thank you, and I and I I think we we say this on behalf of all. Everyone who's been listening to the Nightside Project, thank you. It's a great job, highly valuable, and we've really appreciated it. Well, thanks for saying that. I hope it has been for everybody. I've had a good time trying to be helpful and supportive. It's been a crazy, crazy year so far, and I you think people are banding together and trying to help each other out. Well, here's a, here's our first question, because somebody actually okay. text, somebody texts us in this week, and I'm actually ambushing you with this one. They go, you but, never ask Dr. Matt how he's doing. So, Dr. Matt, how are you feeling during all this? Oh, that's very nice of them to consider my feelings. Um, you know, to be honest, I've, a lot of my work is from home now, and it's virtual. But I'm as busy as ever, and actually being home, I get to see my kids a lot more than I, I do normally. And so uh, I'm fortunate in the sense that while there are some 
stressful things. I, I've been actually feeling great, so thanks for asking. Good. Well, there you go. There's the answer. Now everybody can get off our backs about not giving Dr. Matt <laughs> enough attention. Let's go back Thank to you. us. Enough about enough about uh, enough about us. Let's yeah, talk about you. For like a month, right yeah, there. That's yeah. right. That's right. Uh, so here we go. Let's. Uh, the first question of the evening says: My mom is in a long-term care facility, and we haven't seen her in person in months. That could be stressful on its own, right? Yeah. But, uh, she's very high risk. They put very high risk if she were to have an outbreak at her facility. How do I process the fear that I have with her and other high-risk loved ones during this time? Processing fear. That's an interesting way of putting it. Yeah. Uh, Boy, my heart goes out to this person, and there are a lot of people listening that can relate who are in the same position right now. And this is one of those situations that's very common but hasn't been talked about a lot, I think, in the, you know, just out there in the conversation. Um, The the basic idea here is how do you process fear? You, You need to get out ahead of it instead of waiting for it to come get you. So one of the things that I've heard other people do that is sort of uh, helpful to them is, if possible, connecting with their elderly parent through virtual uh, sessions and then recording those conversations for posterity, for your own preservation of that connection with your parent who may be in the care facility. And obviously not every person in those facilities are able to communicate, but if that's possible... Uh, another thing is actually be very creative and see if there are any ways that you actually can go into the facility if you have proper PPE, personal protective equipment. And I don't mean just like a mask. This may be a full body gear, but that may be important if you're worried about the, your loved one towards the end of their life. And then the final one, and this is a hard advice to give, but your mom will pass eventually regardless of the cause. And so now is a good time for you to reach out to a a grief counselor and start feeling prepared for that eventuality. Uh, I I assume that we we don't know when, but that will happen in the future. And I hate to say it so directly, but that is the truth. And if you can get out ahead of it and start talking about it with somebody who's prepared to help you, you'll, you'll navigate that situation much better when it happens. Uh, so my dad is in the same situation and not being able oh. to see him. We set him up at the beginning of all this uh, with a Google Duo in his, uh, uh-huh. like, you know, one of these video chat screens. And so um, there's that. And then we were able to work out also with the facility uh, going over to his window periodically, you know, like he's oh, yeah. and being able to kind of just be out there on the grass and his window, you know, with the screen up and everybody with their masks on, at least able to see him. And to be within that close proximity, so that's been able to be helpful as well. But there's that, that there's there's that little part of you too that I mean there there's a freak out moment because all of the biggest outbreaks of actual fatal you know the the most uh, you know fatal causes or the or uh, people fatalities of COVID nineteen have been you know the highest percentage of those have been at the long term care facilities, and so that's right. that's a massive thing in our family. Where we're like, ugh. How how do we how do we figure this out? My sister is so much better at this than I am. Of okay, we're going to set him up with the Google Duo. We're going to have this uh, in person thing, and sometimes he doesn't answer. You know, that's the other thing is he's got to get over there, turn on the screen, and sometimes I know he doesn't feel like it. And so, uh, but but it is good to connect that way. So that's a that's a good bit of advice. Those are great. Those are great suggestions. Yeah. Uh, here's another one. It says how do I navigate the anxiety uh, I'm currently having about my career? Okay, so this is a, the job question. 
I could see me and my team being eliminated from my office, and the anxiety is almost unbearable. I would almost prefer just to get the bad news now, just so I wouldn't have to keep myself up at night thinking about it. Thanks. That was more of a yeah. statement, but that's just that idea. I think a lot of people can also relate with the anxiety of their job or the continuing their job. Oh, boy. Yeah. A lot of people have already had very difficult things happen with their jobs. Uh, a lot of people are like this person who they're just on pins and needles kind of waiting for the worst to happen. And so I guess what I honed in on there in his question is, you know, I can see, I could see me and my team being eliminated. So to me, there's an element there of what I call catastrophizing, looking at and focusing on the worst case scenario. It's possible, sure. But I would say the, the only remedy for that is bringing it back to what you know, not what could be. You have to stay grounded in the present with what you know. If you don't know a lot, then go ahead and gather some information. But the worst thing is, you know, thoughts lead to feelings, lead to behaviors. If you're thinking about worst-case scenario, your feelings are going to match that and be full of panic and fear. And the behavior might be what he's sort of hinting at here, which is, you know, I'd rather get the the worst, the bad news now. I've I've even known some people who marched into their doc, their uh, boss's office and say, I think I should just quit. <laughs> and the boss has had to talk them out of it, you know, um, because because they're so they're just consumed with this fear, which is understandable. Uh, the other little bit of advice I guess I have for people in this situation is take back some healthy control by working on what you can do in your current job, but also depending on your type of profession, maybe you can focus on making yourself the most valuable valuable employee you can, either where you're at now. Or if you do end up job hunting in the near future, be prepared for that. Ethan's go- Ethan's already working on that. He's a serial catastrophizer. <laughs> yeah, and I've told him that there from the know. beginning. This what, is a guy that, needs- that whole marching into your boss's office to pre-quit. <laughs> I did that to Kevin once. It wasn't fear though. I was mad at Alex. Yeah. <laughs> okay, oh well, yeah. That, that's understandable. That was it. Was probably at the very beginning when we <laughs> still hated each other a lot less uh, than we do now. All right. Let's uh, take another break. Let's take a quick break. I've got a couple more questions. One has to do with kids and the whole school thing. Another one is uh, tragedies and dealing with those tragedies, not just the pandemic, but seeing some of these other tragedies that people are going through and how to deal with those right now during a time that's really, really hard already. Stay with us. Dr. Matt Woolley is therapeutic and therapizing with you right here on the Nightside Project. Stay with us on KSL News. Nightside, we're all friends here. The Nightside Project on KSL News Radio. Welcome back. This is the Nightside Project. I'm Ethan Millett here with Alex Keery. This is our final segment with Dr. Matt Woolley. And uh, we've gotten a couple of texts, uh, Dr. Matt. Uh, listeners expressing their thanks to you for spending all this time with us over the last few months. And, uh, again, just an outstanding job. And, and you've got the chance here for this last segment to help a few more people. So, Alex, let's, uh, let's get to another one of these we questions. We do. I also wanted to point out we've got a lot of folks saying, saying very nice things about the Nightside Project and how happy that uh, they have felt during the show, during the days that we've been doing the program. So, Thank you for that. And also, I got a text earlier in the day from uh, Debbie Dujanovic during Dave and Debbie's show, and she was like, ah, oh, the Nightside listeners are even weighing in on our show. I just want to <laughs> I I want to encourage the Nightside listeners to keep texting the Dave and Debbie show with your thoughts about the Nightside Project and how much you love it. 
during Dave and Debbie, just to you know keep them in check. You got to keep them, you know, you got to keep their seat warm. You know what I mean? You got to keep them uh, on their toes a little bit. So uh, <laughs> you know, keep them. Yeah, look, it's just part of the deal. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Matt Woolley, I've, I'm ready for uh, uh, round two of questions here. So all right, let's do it. This one has to do with kids and uh, and your specialty of. Uh, of adolescence is uh, going to come into play here. This one says, my kids are celebrating not having to go to very many days uh, a week to in-person schooling this year. A lot of folks in Davis County uh, got that uh, news this week as well. It's going to drive me nuts with them home as much as they have been continuing into the future. How can we avoid obvious conflict? As I know, they will be a handful when school starts again. I, I think a lot of people got dealt uh, a tough blow there, Matt, when they found out that, that you know, we're going to be with our kids a lot more even now going into the next school year. Yeah, <laughs> I think you have to look for the positive in that. <laughs> but um, I and my, my one of my kids is doing backflips over this because uh, we're Davis County as well. So um, the idea is to get out ahead, I think I've said that twice tonight now, of, of this issue, I, I feel sorry for this parent because they obviously were a little overwhelmed like many parents have been in the springtime. They don't really say how old their kids are, but the, the term handful tells me they're probably younger. So a couple of thoughts. One is um, you're going to need to be a little more organized, and you can't assume the kids are going to do anything but try to manipulate you into fun time. So a week before school, I would lay out a daily at-home school schedule and please make it visual. Younger kids or even adolescents respond better when something is visual and you don't have to keep repeating it to them over and over again. And so that would just be the obvious when we're doing school, when we're starting, when we're ending. But also post stuff they should be doing and can be doing when their school day is over, but yours isn't. You, you know, that's where a lot of parents are struggling is they still need to be working. They're online working virtually. Try, but then when the kids are done, they're running in and trying to get mom and dad's attention and, you know, drive me to the store, you know, come play with me kind of stuff. So, you know, till five o'clock or whenever you get finished as a parent, make sure they know what they're supposed to be doing after that. And then build in some daily rewards. Younger kids need daily rewards. And so my, my favorite daily reward is extra time for a successful, you know, uh, for success. So extra time for a preferred activity, I should say. So if they want to stay up an extra 15 minutes, which sounds like the lamest reward ever. But for, <laughs> but for a kid, for it's an amazing. Year old, yeah. that's, that's the coolest thing ever. Um, and yeah, like then in the Wooly household where we have family. low expectations, it's an amazing, <laughs> yeah. it's an amazing uh, bit of uh, reward. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. And then, you know, if, if all the, you know, if you hit 80% of the kids doing what they're supposed to do during the week, maybe you have a fun family activity on the weekend. But um, making it visual, making it clear, giving them things they should be doing, at, at least all you have to do is point to the poster. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't have to keep telling them over and over again. You say, read the poster, and, you know, the kids can start to learn to manage themselves a little bit better. I think early on in this uh, in, in this process when we started up and we were having you on, one I, I, we took to heart at our house one of the things, a bit of info that you gave us, too. I said, look, kids uh, respond really well to big things being written down on, on places, that they, the places that they come in contact with all the time. So uh, no screen time until X, Y, and Z or – uh, you know, uh, get your chores done, finish this today, that kind of stuff. And we've, we've, uh, taken advantage of it. 
And uh, our our kids are like, these signs have been up for months. Are you going to do anything else besides <laughs> these same things? But uh, here's the last question for Dr. Matt Woolley on the evening. It says, I've seen a lot of stories recently of tragedy, even during the pan- uh, even during the pandemic, plane crashes claiming the lives of young parents. seems like we've had a lot of plane crashes recently. Uh, maybe that's just me. Uh, that mom who lost one of her twins in the car accident, that was yesterday, on top of the shared tragedy already of the pandemic. One of these families I was close with, and I just don't know how they can handle the worst news of their lives during what we feel like is the worst time already of our lives. Yeah. That's a heavy one. That's a lot of doom and gloom right there. Yeah, and this person's expressing, I think, more than just a question. They're expressing how they're feeling and, and feeling very overwhelmed and, and probably a little hopeless about about things. Um, this is, you know, hang in there with me on this one. I'm going to start off by saying you really do need to accept that tragedy is part of life, but that resilience results from dealing with our tragedies. It's uh, the, And there's no you know, rules that say, you know, they can't happen one after another. So it would be nice if we had a reprieve from tragedies during this pandemic, but that's not going to happen. Accepting it doesn't mean you're okay with it. It just stops you from feeling surprised and taken off guard all the time when these sorts of things happen. But my main advice is this person and many people, in my opinion, need to replace their news watching, except for maybe the basics, which I think is about 10 minutes a day with reading positive human interest stories, and this may sound kind of funny, start learning something about nature or the arts. And I know that Mm. sounds a little odd, but the reality is nature and the arts are very positive. There's creativity and growth that happen in both of those areas. And instead of watching another round of CNN, why don't you watch a Discovery Channel show on something or learn about music or visual arts, something that you can do virtually at home. It will boost your mood and make you feel so much better. And start reading positive human interest stories. There are a lot of outlets that you can access for that sort of thing. And then probably my final bit of advice is being more active and make sure you're offering empathy and support and service to people that you feel in need of. This woman or man said that they, they knew one of the families in this that she was referring to. So I would say offer support, be help with service. If nobody directly can't, I mean, volunteering your time is always a great way to start to see the positive in life. So I would say get out, turn off the TV, get some service going and learn something positive. Dr. Matt Woolley, it's our final moments with uh, Dr. Matt during our, uh, our Nightside Project return that was just four months old. And so these last four months have been made uh, a little bit easier with, uh, with Dr. Matt's therapy. So we appreciate you uh, joining us on the program every week, Dr. Matt. And hey, thanks was, so much again, man. It was a lot of fun. And I'm going to come find you guys around the building and, and uh, mess with you while you're trying to record your podcast. That's good. That. <laughs> All right, that's good. Okay. Uh, we'll absolutely jam on it. So there yeah. we go. Dr. Matt, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. We're going to take uh, another break here. News, traffic, and weather. When we come back, we got Ethan's headlines. Uh, oh, man. I didn't want to get. I didn't want to get it. All, I didn't want to get all heavy with Doctor Matt tonight, but a lot of the questions were. So yeah, uh, yeah, they were, but they were, but they were good. They were excellent questions. They were. They address. They just. They spoke right to me. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Headlines are next. What a vegan mom posted online about a request for a babysitter that will absolutely drive you nuts. You don't want to miss it. Stay with us. More to go on the Nightside Project.
It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.